Hello and a warm welcome to Translate Starts podcast, a podcast created by language professionals for language professionals. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing Jan Hinrichs, uh, who is the um, man behind the idea of uh, Lock Lunch, this uh, global hit that um, makes people meet uh, to talk about localization, internalization, and the language industry in, in general. Um, it's a very interesting um, person um, who shares very interesting views about um, the industry and um, the law clanch itself. I hope uh, you enjoy it. We are honored to have Jan Hinrichs uh, today with us. Um, first of all, uh, we would like to thank you, uh, Jan, for this opportunity to, to interview you and um, to know more about the projects um, you are working on. So, um, hello, how are you how are you doing today? Hola, Alfonso, hello. Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you. Fine, 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 thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, for those of you who, who still doesn't know who is Jan, uh, well, Jan is the founder among many other things of um, Beluga Linguistics uh, and the creator of uh, Long Lock Lunch, which is this global hit that is present in over 90 cities um, in the world and 40 countries, um, where people interested in topics like uh, localization, uh, internationalization, um, globalization, translation, global brand management, marketing, um, well, sit together to talk, to talk and, uh, and have lunch. Um, Besides all this, just to introduce um, you a little bit, um, um, Jan holds a degree in business administration and uh, you are a specialist also in trade and commerce. You have founded a number of companies and you have also, and this is uh, very interesting for, for us, you have also uh, had a career as a localization, as a localization lead. Um, and, and the first question is related to all this. I think that the most interesting um, topic will be the Lockland. But first of all, um, we would like to know uh, why or how does a person with a um, business administration background decide to commit his entrepreneurial um, life to the translation and languages uh, industry? Why, why, did you, why did you decide to do that? Okay, uh, so Alfonso, so this is the story behind my, my going into uh, translation was um, private life like <laughs> like most m many times you know my my wife is Spaniard so uh, I was uh, by then by I had a university career bilingual university career uh, between Germany and Spain and I, I tried to find Spain as a destination because my wife is from Spain from Madrid and and so, so first of all, the university career was really uh, uh, like an accident because I was looking to do something in this direction. My family is uh, my my father, my grandfathers um, have been all entrepreneurs and, and company company holders, and uh, and so so business administration was sort of natural fit. Um, but it was also because it was possible to do it between Germany and uh, Madrid. Mm -hmm. And now how I came, this was a bilingual career. So yeah. it was uh, German and Spanish, two years, two years. 
in both countries um a business european business project program it's mm -hmm. called and um so so at that stage i really found out that working with international people was something i really enjoyed and um i wanted to do later on and uh well during during my my career i had to do practice uh, internships mm -hmm. so i came to uh, the company my brother founded which is sing mm -hmm. um in 2003 and um i started in 2004 january 2004 working with him and he asked me to run spain basically like in all startups it's like hey come on we need cheap labor here go and and do something about it you know <laughs> so so and um and inside openbc at that time um it was critical to to roll out languages and he tasked me to to do the spanish language and find find the service provider for that and so that turned out to be not not so efficient and we had a lot of problems so because of understanding of the new workflows of SaaS service workflows ongoing translation management and so on there was requirements that simply we couldn't find uh, providers that did understand what we wanted to do mm -hmm. and we insourced it again and roll out um, 16 languages at sing till 2006 yeah. where we came to agreement with um with with uh, management of the of the company from my brother and, and we outsourced ourselves and created beluga in mm -hmm. in spain and and then we could concentrate on rolling out like this kind of service in a more most much more professional way uh, than in-house wow so you are one of the voices or the persons who could truly say that you have seen um well the the birth of um of localization as because well yeah before everybody talked about translation but now we we distinguish between localization internationalization and with the experience you you are talking about when the internet was let's say like beginning not beginning actually beginning but yeah year 2000 uh not fully developed so yeah with a company like uh Xin, or, um, i mean I, i think it must have been uh, uh, an, uh an experience that you had to learn by doing right because or did you have like um language background as well or or did you your family um have any um language companies or something like that or no no nothing nothing like that i really came from from the business side of yeah. point of view and um, the relation with translation, you know, my, my wife is a linguist. Okay. So she actually um, like speaks several languages and and I, I think at one moment when we decided to build up uh, Beluga, to, to start Beluga, she was like not so happy about the situation, her situation, the company and so on. And, and she said, you know what? I will become a translator and do my translate. I, I can survive being a translator. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I said, okay, so being a translator is cool, but what do you think if we start a company in this area? You know, we just, just uh, make it a service because, yeah. you know, I, I have a business degree, or business experience, an entrepreneurial 
spirit. So for me, starting a company was was a solution, a better solution than going to work for somebody else. And um, yeah, and that's 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 a little bit the story in 2006 where where she said, "Hey, I want to become a translator," and I said, "Hey, I have a better idea. Let's let's create a company." <laughs> and and so we started. Yeah, but. As you correctly pointed out, so the world in 2004, 2006 was completely different because uh, at that time, um, what we call today translation management systems, cloud-based translation management systems, just did not exist. There was a, the, the world server uh, system. Uh, many, many of the older guys will remember. It was very, you know, a system which was cool and going in, in the correct direction, but it was not handy for a, for a startup, for a company like, like Sing, OpenBC Online and very agile, was too clumsy and so on. So, so basically, we, we, they invented a translation tool in-house, mm-hmm. um, which was surprisingly effective. Mm-hmm. And it was like basically what you see today. Mm-hmm. Um, built in 2004 wow. and um, so but afterwards in 2006 we, we saw us inventing in editors translation editors again and again and that was a really horrible experience uh, because it was not core business for nobody but uh, but us mm-hmm. and uh, well at the end you know it, then 2007 we we partnered with with somebody from web translated as an editor the person came from a client from us and he started to say i i will create a, a service now mm-hmm. and and can you help me build it up you know and, and we said yeah, yeah no no problem we we will help you you help us and so we have a basis to to work on on SaaS services you know on on social networks and all this stuff yeah so and that that was the 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 or the the early hours of of TMS in this yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And as you and as you are saying, yeah, everything has changed. Uh, well, everything is changing at like a very fast pace uh, these days. And uh, yeah, and, and and the translation industry um, has changed a lot. I, I had uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you. I think is is related to. To all this, how do you think it's going to impact this um, this thing of the artificial intelligence, or or how do you think it's impacting in in the in the industry, in the language industry? I mean, how do you see the future of the language industry? Because some people who see it like this is the end of translators, or how do you see it? What's 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 your view on that? Yeah, so so you know, I, for for me, it's it's looking back on why do we have translation. So translation and the scale of translation we are using today is basically because we are not we were not able to create local content on scale. Mm-hmm. So and we couldn't communicate with with others on a, on on scale. So then you know then then we had this industry coming up the whole in translation industry because we had broadband we have as a broad broadcasting so t- television yeah. you know newspaper international newspaper international companies the globalization with mcdonald's and so on yeah. so all these marketing driven internationalization 
had one serious problem, which was how do I communicate with all these new uh, people out there? So, and, um, and then, you know, if they would be able to create content natively, they would have done so. But this is not scalable. That was not scalable to, to create like offices in all the markets and, you know, have people creating one, one, one advertising after another for a local market. It was not, you know, this is not efficient yeah. for a global organization. So, so we had one question here about, you know, how can we match better headquarters and, and other market needs? Mm. Um, and it goes in this direction, basically, you know, what if if we could create content locally on scale, talking to you, Alfonso, and not to, you know, all people in Spain, all people in Germany or, or whatever, yeah. then we would do it because cost we was is so high, we couldn't do it. Now, where do I see the future and why, why AI is important? I think, you know, translation, we had um, machine translation, we have seen it, uh, it grows, it, it gets better and better and better, but it's the same direction like translation. Yeah. So basically, you, you, you put machine translation as an output format on the same process, which is, I, I create text in English, and then I bring it into 60 languages. So with the translator is high quality, it's very, it's needed, you have all these contexts. Now you have machine translation, which is getting better day by day. Yeah. Um, and you have to scale, but it's still depending on the source language. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and what people say, you know, if you write bullshit in, in English, then, then the target, if you have a good translator, of course, you will just say, no, no, I don't write that. But but normally you will you will have the same sort of ideas in the um, in the target target language. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think um, the 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 big step forward and where really deep learning comes in is data driven driven text uh, generation. So this is called natural language generation. I've talked uh, with a few people on lock lunches about that. It's um, it's something that's called robo journalism mm -hmm. uh, right now but I think uh, with all the data coming up 5g is coming um, we have a massive explosion in users around the world in the next uh, six years we will have 100 percent covered coverage mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think NLG will be very 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 important mm -hmm. the the role of the translator will change probably yeah so we'll change from from translating stuff towards educating and working with machine yeah and and working on syntax on on linguistics on on adaptation on control stuff and i think this this is a massive massive change there will be always translation always because yeah. it's not general but but the new tendencies, and I, I'm speaking about, I think, four years, mm. we will see a massive growth in energy, mm. which will have a massive change in the whole process of how we think in producing content. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. And actually, I think it's uh, what you what you're saying. It's already happening. I mean, the the role of translators some somehow is changing, and we are now more supporting machines and machine translation or revising what machines have created. So I think it it has already started. But yeah, I mean, it's just adapting. I think new jobs will be created, new opportunities, as you're saying. So yeah, be agile. Also, look look around and make make sure that you you understand what's going on technology wise yeah absolutely. that's very important for translators it's very important for everybody working in this industry to understand that that the future near future will be a life between machine and and human and and we need to assist each other in many tasks Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I think we have covered uh, because we we also have uh, questions uh, from uh, from the social networks from people on the social networks. I think as we have already talked about um, your career, um, we have covered the question by Tiziana Bottone in LinkedIn. So yeah, let's talk now about Lock Lunch because okay. uh, this is a super also a super interesting topic and it's a. Uh, This world hit, um, uh, I think people will say it has gone viral because it's amazing the the the, the success it's it's uh, it's having. Um, uh, how did you come up with the idea of the lock lunch? I mean, how did you create it? It was an accident, uh, okay. like like many many startups. I think are created by accident, sort of. Uh, so I was in in Germany in Hamburg last year. Mm -hmm. uh, living there with my family one year off from from Spain, Madrid, where we actually live. Um, and so I came back to Hamburg and uh, and where I had really just a few connections into the industry. Well, uh, some translators that work with us, with Beluga. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Phrase, Phrase is there, the TMS producer Phrase. And so, you know, I, I tried to reach out to other people in the industry. I didn't know anybody from the other translation and agencies and and localization managers. I didn't know many. And so, you know, I just wanted to 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 know who they are in my hometown, you know. And and so we, we gathered um, a bunch of four of us in mm -hmm. January 2019 um and said hey let's let's have lunch no you know and and there was a translator uh two lsp directors of lsps and mm -hmm. and one the the founder of uh phrase mm -hmm. so that was like sort of ah, wow this is our ecosystem almost yeah a project manager or a buyer site representative and a developer were missing but That was really a good feeling, and we saw that, you know, in our discussions that we had so much things in common, even if, you know, uh, Tolingo, uh, Jens Perker is a sort of competitor from yeah. Beluga. Yeah. But actually, at the end, you know, we have more in common than, than that we are really competing against each other. I think what, what people don't, don't see many times is that every company has a very unique uh dna yeah and and if you are on the market like us for 14 years um then you know you have to have a, a clear line so and you have to work on your daily business to get better and what you do 
what you add, how do you process things? And and so when, when it comes to clients, uh, I think many times it is really, um, it's not about price, it's about fit and long-term fit and what you, you look for and how do you feel with these other person to work with. And so, so we had more in common. We, we, we are working with the same systems. We see the same situations and that was great. So I, I posted about it in LinkedIn and um, there was uh, quite a lot of people saying, hey, that sounds cool. And, you know, when, when do you come to wherever, to Amsterdam, to uh, Barcelona and so on? Yeah. And uh, of course, that was that was a moment where you know I can't can't be everywhere and and not for lunch. It would be great, but uh, so I um, I suggested you know why don't you start um, log lunch in your own city? All you need to do is reach out to people, post here on LinkedIn, and um, and say that's a log lunch, you know and. Mm. And so from this point on, you know, we were in Berlin, exactly your town where, yeah. where you and Michele are ambassadors. So um, there was 12 people coming together just uh, two weeks after my initial post. Wow. And uh, that was lovely. Yeah. Uh, again, same situation, entrepreneurs, developers, LSPs, translators, everybody coming together and just for lunch. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think it has it been so successful? I mean, what's the secret of the, the success of the idea? I think it's simple. Mm -hmm. yeah. it's, it's just, you know, it's just lunch. No, nothing, nothing more. And it's uh, just an opportunity, you know. Uh, it's, it should be a starting point for everybody who, who joins a, a log lunch. Yeah. A starting point to start new conversations, to yeah. learn something new, to give something to to others to help others to grow and you know from from that point <coughs> you can have everything you can have collaborations you can have uh, partnerships companies uh, new employees you can be hired by somebody you know there you know there's this infinity of of possibilities yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with you and actually we we're talking uh, before the interview And what I was saying to you that it's um, such a nice atmosphere. It's um, you you feel relaxed and you also disconnect from your daily working life. And it's nice to, to meet other professionals, other people from the industry, and yeah, and they, they open your mind. They they share ideas or how they are doing things. So that's super interesting. And, exactly, yeah. and it's a it's a low low investment. Yeah. from your side all you invest in in log lunch is really uh, you know your time yeah. and um and and your own food meal as well, uh, the cost of your meal uh, yeah. and that's it so and it's just like we, we we designed it as a lunch because it is a moment where once a month you meet experts from your industry in your town you can connect with them you can do networking with them And you can supercharge your knowledge about many topics, you know, NLG, for example, few people have heard of NLG today, mm -hmm. you know, then how, how MT is used, how, how a translator feels about MT, how a buyer side um, representative challenge, um, whatever with, uh, with developing or, or connections like with smartling or with translation mm -hmm. tools. 
all over the world. You know, they, these are all melting points of local knowledge you normally get only on, on conferences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we are getting to the to the end of the interview. I have two more questions related to uh, to the lock launches. First one is, did you expect this to go global that fast or to be so successful? I mean, at the beginning, probably not, but after the second or third lock launch, um, did you expect this to, to, to happen? And the, the second and last question related to lock launch is, um, what is the future of lock launch or how do you see the future or what do you have plans for the lock launch to develop into something different or yeah. okay so yeah i mean exponential growth is hard to predict i think mm. <laughs> so so i was overwhelmed as well um and you know onboarding the onboarding pro uh, process of new ambassadors is time consuming so there's a lot of time invest yeah. in explaining you know what it is and and actually to you know make sure that the ambassadors who are becoming log launch ambassadors uh, understand that this is not a, a sales tool this yeah. is not another you know way to to do marketing yeah. Yeah. but it's really like more more integral so you need to to open up a platform for discussion and you are the responsible to to enable uh, connections mm. so by doing this you will earn all the credits all the trust all everything you know in the moment you you put uh, marketing on top and you want to be too aggressive to i uh, you know that now i can capture whoever clients or the community will 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 ask you. So mm -hmm. so this is this is a process I try to be careful about mm -hmm. in in explaining people to come there. So that's time consuming. But I think it's very it's doing pretty well. We are now like you know almost 400 log lunches yeah. um, since the beginning. Uh, as you said, in 90. 90 cities uh, in 40 countries around the world and where do we go in terms of countries i'm i'm really super i don't know mm, convinced that yeah. india africa and asia must be included in lock launch yeah. and must be there because it's where most of the growth in the next uh, three four years will come from yeah. So these are huge markets right now. India, it's supposedly English speaking, but that's not the reality. The reality is that they have states like in Europe with 60, 000, 60 million people speaking yeah. their own language. Yeah. And there's no need, no reason to believe that these people just want to speak English. Yeah. You know? yeah. So and the same happens in Africa. So my, my, my goals for 2020 is bringing... Lock lunch there yeah. to be able to create this platform of um, log lunches with sort of identity for for these kind of things and then you know work on top of that. I think one thing is important that we get better in digital. Mm. So log lunch needs to have a, a offline component and a digital component, which yeah. is right now LinkedIn, but it's very limited and many people miss out on on announcements so this is something we need to to address yeah. and and 
I will have to think uh, how how we can approach this as a community with uh, development of of tools and pricing and costs and yeah. so this is something uh, we have to think about everybody. Yeah, that that's that, that's true. And um, well, let, let's let's finish the the interview with um, the last question with um, from uh, from the social network is from Stephen Nock. In LinkedIn, and um, he would like to to know your perspective on um, on on a topic that is raising its um, headquarters and single market offices can sometimes be ignorant to other markets' needs. How can teams, uh, and and I think this is related to your experience, how can teams that focus on multiple markets gain support for localization, being part of the global company processes, especially in young organizations or startups? Yeah. So what what we have seen a lot in 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 companies young and and old is that people in in house uh, have so many duties and so much like company life that sometimes it's hard to go out there. Mm -hmm. um, many have problems to go to conferences to get the funding for budget for to go to conferences to. To mix up, yeah. so I think you know if you were asked asking me um, what I recommend a 20 years old uh, yeah. today, um, what how she, he should he or she should approach the, um, the industry, I would definitely recommend go to a log lunch, <laughs> mix mix no cost investment, yeah. and it's the easiest and most effective way to understand what's going on. Yeah, and the same is true for headquarter people. So, my uh, my wish is that we can that this business lunch once a month is recognized as um, as an added value to your job. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then if you approach it like this, to be out of office one and a half hours or eventually two hours, yeah. it's it's the best investment companies can do for their employees to get a broader understanding of internationalization of the ecosystem and to take decisions that really brings formulas to the whole company. Yeah, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. The, the times I have attended the Lock Lunch, um, Lock Lunch uh, it has been great. I have learned from uh, people sitting uh, around around me. So yeah, you, you always learn. It's uh, as I was saying before, it's a really nice atmosphere. I think it's a great idea, Jan. So I congratulate you for having this idea as well as for <laughs> the other many ideas that you have. <laughs> and I'm sure that many more that are to come. Um, I, ho I hope we can drive this together. Everybody in the community uh, can invite people. And this is actually what, what helps spread knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just to, to yeah to wrap up, I would like to thank you again for for your time, for your wise words, and for your interesting views on the on the industry and the language industry. So thank you very much, Jan. I wish you the best, and I hope to 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 talk to you soon again. Thank you very much, Alfonso, for for having me today. Thank you. Bye, Jan. Thank you. Bye, bye. You have listened to uh, Jan Henriks talking about. Lock lunch, the state of the industry, and how he sees the future of the industry. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the interview. We liked it a lot. Um, 
the wise words by um, Jan and uh, we hope to um, uh, have you in our uh, next podcasts please if you liked uh, today's podcast or our other podcasts follow us and give us uh, five stars in iTunes and um, please don't forget to visit our websites um, www.translatestars.es or .it for Italian and um, um, we hope to to see to to be with you in our next podcast <laughs>